Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week. Every fucking week. Every week. And hosted by two guys that can take some Christmas puns, but there is a limit. I'm and Rocky. We found it. <laughs> uh, I'm Blaze. And uh, today's episode, we are taking a trip to 2005 to talk about the Bill Goldberg uh, starring vehicle, Santa Slay. And after that, we have another curation into Blaze's cabinet video game curiosities mm-hmm. and we have a folktale yep and we got uh we got mythology biology we did not talk about this before <laughs> nope <laughs> and Jumping so right we got in. The, uh, it's it's spooky christmas season yes yeah, spooky christmas season so this month we'll be talking about or we'll say spooky holiday season yes because there's a lot more in christmas and i think we're gonna find some movies that aren't christmas well this one was almost not christmas uh, we'll get to that almost yeah <laughs> um and, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of holiday horror films. Not a lot. Four. You know, yeah. four <laughs> weeks of December. So we want to – we probably won't talk about the usual suspects too much. We, we may talk about one or two, but we may want to – like today, we want to throw in maybe something you haven't watched or heard of and give you a reason maybe never to watch it. Who knows? Maybe or you should a reason waste your time. to watch it. Or maybe reasons to watch it. But before all that, how are you today, buddy? I'm all right. Um – yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, the week go uh we go pretty well. Yeah, uh pretty smooth week. Just uh took Lucha out to the dog park pub for a bit and he Yeah, is that, that new uh is there so that one pub is already open. Which? There's is there two of them or is there one that hasn't officially opened yet? Two of them. Yeah. I only know the same one. one. What's this one called? Uh, Lebowski's. Yeah, okay. That's the one I'm thinking of. It's it's officially open? Yeah, it's officially open. Oh, I thought it was open until Mm -hmm. later on. Okay. Yep, it's officially open now. Oh, cool. And it was fun. Um, He likes it there. He just likes being outside around drunks. Oh, he likes he likes big dogs to chase him. Oh, yeah. Because he's faster than all of them. And it's his kink. Yeah, it is. (laughs) He gets. He off does on get it. really humpy. <laughs> he red rockets out when it happens. Yeah. Uh, How about your week? Uh it, it's been it's been okay. Uh, I'm getting over a cold, so uh, it, the last couple of days have been nothing except for preparing for the episode and and uh, watching a couple of things here and there. Um, I did watch uh, last night. I finished Chucky. I finished the uh, first season of Chucky. Oh, okay. I still haven't watched more than the first episode. Okay. Well, uh, that, of course, no spoilers as usual. At any time, just in case nobody's noticed on a pattern or you're new listening, uh, we don't we don't spoil new stuff here. I uh, won't even go into great detail about the plot or anything, just in case. Um, It's really, really good. I, I think that... But old stuff, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. That's, that's <laughs> You haven't watched it yet? Maybe you should get on that. Your problem. <laughs> um, That, uh... uh as far as horror movie franchises go, this is how you make a series, okay? It's not like what they did with Scream or with The Exorcist or any of those things that are based off uh, a previous property they try to make a show out of, but they try to like make basically a reboot of it and make it attractive to a younger generation or whatever. Uh-huh. This is shepherded by Don Mancini, who created the character and has written every Chucky movie except for the remake. Um, and, and he produced it and it's 
it's a in continuity with all of the other films, so just a continuation. But still, uh, flashes back and gives you enough information where where you know what's happening. Where so it's not losing a new audience. The kills are fun. All the acting is really good. Um, it's funny. Brad Dorif as as always is is great. Um, I like how this show came out so quickly after well not quick I guess it's been about two years now since the Child's Play remake how that completely got glossed over it's like that has that it didn't been happen. two years they came out in 2019 Ugh. yeah yeah so sorry um, Aubrey Plaza not good <laughs> it has its moments but uh I mean I, I wasn't sorry Mark Hamill not <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I wasn't terribly angry with the casting of, of Mark Hamill but I mean it's just not Brad Dorff and Brad Dorff has played that character for so long that uh he yeah, just, a lot of the remakes good. love to just pick somebody different, and it kind of ruins the vibe of it. Well, sometimes, usually, it's because they're too old. The the original actor's too old. Or Tell that to like Nick a... Castle. <laughs> well, yeah, well, but it's Nick Castle and another actor that are playing Michael Myers in, in the nope, new Halloween films. You. Nope, they switch them out. <laughs> nope, <laughs> no. I refuse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never, never mind. I'm wrong. <laughs> Thought so. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, usually with the remakes, I think they want to continue with somebody that's younger. I think that the guy that played Jason Voorhees uh, in the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th is the same one that played... He was in 3, right? Part 3? Uh, No. No, I think it's a younger actor, but it's the same one that played uh, Texas Chainsaw. He played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw remake. Ew. Me. Yeah. I hated that movie. I don't know how I feel about the one coming up. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's an interesting piece of uh, information. Oh, yeah. Well, real quick, Chucky. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. I, give, I give it a 9 out of 10. Damn. Uh, first okay. season is only eight episodes. Uh, if you get sci-fi, if you, if you have a drug TV provider, you can get the sci-fi app. I don't. And have it free. I, I was able to watch. The first two episodes were free on YouTube. I think they're still there. Then if you join the sci-fi app um, or, you know, whatever their thing is and go on to their streaming service, they give you three credits. So you can watch the next three. And then I just bought the last three on Amazon for like three bucks each. So $9 is what I spent for, for basically the whole season. So if you're interested in watching it, that that's probably, if you don't have a, a cable provider, that's probably the best way to watch it all. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you just pirate, but I would never condone that. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't pirate it. We're we're in this day and age where it's already hard enough for artists to get their money. So you know, if you if you can, give chances them the are views. you'll get a Metallica cover band. <laughs> yes, yes. If, if you give them the views, or you can give them, you know, a little bit of money back on their creative arts, and then you should. But um, definitely check it out. Uh, but yeah, the, this week they announced. Was this when they announced this movie? Or I mean, it's been development. I, I really haven't been paying too much attention to. But the Texas, Texas Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, I saw the uh, poster for it, uh, I think, sometime this week. I don't know if it was officially announced this week, but it says 2022, and that's about Early all. Early 2022. I think it was on, like, February. Yeah, so it should be getting trailers any time now. Um, I haven't really looked up too much information on it except for that, because usually with new things, I don't really focus too much on, like, the trailers or news, because I don't want anything spoiled going into it. But, um... From what I, I read from headlines and stuff is that this is a sequel to the first movie. Is that this is a soft reboot. 
Okay. Did you read that? No, I didn't okay. read that. I heard that this retcons are, which isn't the first time they've done this, by the way. <laughs> no. Um, Halloween. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, with this franchise. Oh, retconning. Yeah, no. Because that... they retconned. Was two canon with that or not? I but, think uh, when they did, two, tex- they did well, Texas Chainsaw, they did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is two canon with it? Because I think it's a different parent and everything like that. And in... what in this one? No, in Texas two. Oh, Texas two. Texas. So two. I don't think it's canon to the first one. The f- the, the original Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre two. No, it was canon with the first. It one. is canon. Yeah, with both the first both one? are directed by uh, Toby Hooper. Okay. Yeah. It feels like a totally different movie. No, when you no, watch no. It. I love well, them yeah, both. Yeah, it does because one's a comedy. But um, I love them both. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, Texas Chainsaw One, Two are, are canon with each other, and Three and Four, I think. But Three and Four are terrible. And then uh, they did the remakes with in Jessica like Bill two thousand and Jordana Brewster was in. Yeah, they did. A, they did a remake and then they did a prequel to the remake to show how Leatherface became Leatherface. Which nobody wanted to sense. see. We just wanted more Arlie Ermy in those movies. That's what we got. That, that was the that was the takeaway. I mean, I mean, on, on the positive with those remakes is that um, they have a real. Uh, first of all, they're shot very well. Like the lighting and how it's shot is great. They look great, but they also feel grimy. So they were able to capture that grimy feel to those those remakes. I'll give I'll give it that. Yeah, it does have the griminess, but other than that, it kind of loses the soul of Texas Chainsaw. No, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, but I mean, uh, let's be real. The aughts were a fucking horrible time for horror movies. Uh, yeah. The two thousands were, there were a lot of remakes around that time. It was yep. that torture porn, um, which can go either way. It was, but it, it was a lot of those platinum dune remakes. Uh, Michael Bay's production company was producing a lot of those, uh, takes a chainsaw massacre, the Friday 13th remake. And then 2010, uh, uh, nightmare on Street came out. Boof. <laughs> and then also in two thousands we had like the Hills Have Eyes and everything else like that. And it was just like we're gonna try to resuscitate all these franchises that shouldn't be touched instead of coming up with original Yeah, ideas. which Santa's Slay has Brenda from uh Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She plays the one of the main protagonists. She does, yes. Um but uh and then but then two thousand twelve they tried to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. I think it was just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It wasn't called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it was the but I think they tried, no, it was Texas they tried to retcon two, or is that a sequel to two? They I think they tried to retcon two. Yeah. And so that, that didn't go well. Then they made a movie a few years ago called Leatherface. that was supposed to be a prequel to the original one showing. It was supposed to be like a murder mystery. It's like who's actually turns into Leatherface. And it was terrible. It was awful. And now they're doing this one, which is supposed to be a direct sequel to the original one. And then Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, not good. No. Not good. So we'll, we'll see how this one turns out. I, I have very low hopes for it. We'll I see. know, and it sucks because I love Texas Chainsaw. I mean, I mean the the first movie, the original one, is is one of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, agreed. It's, it's, it's very very influential. It's very important. It's, I mean, it has a place uh, uh, in film culture, but also and not only in horror, but just film in general. It's a very important film and an amazing film and, and something, I, I mean, whether it was done by accident or not, it was able to capture a feeling like no other movie really could, especially at that time. Disgust almost. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I had to take a shower to this day after watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I watched it a few times this year, strange enough. It, it feels like every time, it's one of those movies, if I turn on Shudder and it's on one of the main yeah, we're hubs, watching it. <laughs> it's like it's staying on. It's like that or Hellraiser's on. It's, it's going to stay on. 
I'm going to forget what I was doing. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that turns out in February. The last little bit of um, <clears throat> the last little bit of news I want to get into is that uh, and this kind of ties in. I, I I don't know. Some people may be confused why I'm bringing this up, but um, it's our show, and I can talk about whatever the fuck I want. That's true. <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to. But um, a week ago, now a little over a week ago, I guess. Uh, L.A. film critic James Rocky died, uh, last name R-O-C-C-H-I, James Rocky, um, died at the young age of 53 years old. He was an L.A. critic that was very, very well respected in the industry. And um, uh, why I bring him up is that, you know, with us doing this show, even though our, our, our feelings and when we talk about movies and stuff... It's just two friends kind of just ribbing a movie and just talking shit and, and give you some background stuff. At the end of the day, it still comes down to film criticism. And we're still, in a way, film critics at the, for all intents and purposes, right? Because we do criticize films. We'll pick up where he left off. Yeah, no, no. So, so it is kind of in our, in our stratosphere that, you know, the, his past and everything. But why, why I want to bring him up is, is just something that kind of resonated with me. I... I out of all the different film critics I follow that, that are L.A.-based, uh, whether it's through uh, uh, listening to their podcasts or being subscribed to newsletters or following them on Twitter, all these different critics really respected James Rocky. And, and he was a film critic that was um, – I heard that, that he was uh, – very had very pretentious taste. He was a big art film indie guy, and he was very negative about a lot of big things and stuff like that. That's fair. <laughs> and a lot of people butted heads with him, like, or didn't fully agree with, like, his views of certain movies, but everybody respected him because of how he would put out, like, how he would put why he didn't, like, say, yeah, how he put out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how he would, uh, how, how, how he would, how we would. You know, his reviews and, and his words, everything were, were so in depth of what he was saying that he was well respected. And he always stood by what he believed. Enough to where he retired from film criticism in 2015. And this is what's interesting about this. He had standards that were so important to him and integrity that was so important to him as a critic that whenever the industry went a certain way and he didn't believe in doing the uh, going the same way as the industry. He retired from film criticism. Mm. Um, he's a retired for like six years, I think, or something. Uh, he wrote this amazing article that I will post on uh, our Instagram and prior Facebook. That's hard to find. Um, I had to go onto. Uh, it was published on a site that's no longer a thing called Movie Mezzanine, so I had to go onto uh, the web database, one of those fucking like search engines that finds like old articles and stuff. Uh, he wrote this article called The Marvel Industrial Complex. And um, this is back in 2015 when he wrote this. Avengers 2 had just come out, and it was kind of based on his review of Avengers 2. Which, think, six years since Avengers 2 came out. Like, whenever that was coming out, it's like, oh my god, this shit's still going on. Now look how far we are. Yeah, I'm about to throw up every time yeah. they announce one. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I get it. Yes, well, this is kind of what the article's about. It was, it was about how the film industry is taking this turn of where it's just an Ouroboros just eating its tail constantly where it's promoting the next thing. And to be a film criticism, you'll have to promote the next big thing. Right. Right. It all kind of turns into selling out to a bigger corporation instead of having your integrity and purity of what you are saying. 
and he didn't like that. And he wrote this whole article about, you know, here's what this industry's doing. Here's everything that's happening. Here's every problem with the Marvel movies. This is still, you know, compared to now, this is still kind of early in, in the Marvel phases where he's like, I don't believe in this, you know, whatever. And that was part of the reason why he left the industry. And uh, so he left the industry because he just didn't believe in like having to, and listen, I understand it'd be a film critic on a larger scale writing for multiple different uh, websites. Cause it's hard. It's hard to, to make a living doing it. You're, you're going to have to compromise with things that you want to run and things you want to say. Um, it's just, it's just a thing that, that sometimes you're, you're going to have to whore yourself out a bit to a bigger corporation or whatever. So to say that somebody believed in what they believe so much to where they quit an industry that they loved or a, a, a job they loved because their standards were to such a point that they didn't want to break it, I think is to be respected. And if you can find anybody's reviews or anything like that, I think, I think you should. And uh, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, I put up the Marvel Industrial Complex. It's a great article to read. And uh, I, th- I think that's a loss. He died at the tragically young age of 53. 53 is young now. Yeah, that's a young um, And And, uh, you know, he quit there. And I think, I think he went and became a baker and a melon farmer. And then he, I think the last couple of years of his life, he was an English teacher. But yeah, he had, he was well well respected. Everybody loved him. He was he's very he's very opinionated. If a phone went off in the movie theater, you would know because he would say out loud, "Turn off your phone." And he had a loud boisterous voice. He had a very like loud voice. Um and so it, it's we we don't it's it's rare nowadays to come across people that that stick to what they believe so much. I'm not saying that me or you would ever do. <laughs> well, well easily like we understand as as a fledging you know, podcast is on its way up. You got to talk about big stuff or people yeah. won't listen, you yeah. know? But, uh, uh, I, I think, I think that it's to be respected that somebody had such integrity that they, that not only were respected, but they bowed out whenever they knew it was time, whenever it didn't go with what they believed. And I think, I think that's something to be honored and, and something we should know about. So rest in peace, James Rocky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk about Santa Slay. Ironically, he gave that a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, he loved, he loved Santa he Slay. He loved Santa Slay. He was his Slay. favorite. <laughs> All right. All right. Trailer time. Here we go. According to the Book of Claus, Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. But now, all bets are off. Yes, there is a Santa Claus. Ho, ho, hoes. So, Santa Slay, 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, director <laughs> written by David Steinman. Um, would you like to tell the plot of this movie? Uh, in case, I mean, we've just played the trailer, which kind of broke down the basic idea. Yeah. Of it, but, uh, would you like to elaborate? Um, yeah. So we start with our horrible, horrible protagonist, <laughs> Nicholas Yuleson. Yes. Uh, played by Douglas Smith. He's mm. an alienist and he was Tyson and Percy Jackson. And he was also, uh... In Big Love, he was Bill Paxson's son. If you ever saw that movie, no nope. uh, movie, uh, show, it was a show about um, Bill Paxson is a polygamist in it. He's a, uh, I don't know, is he? Uh, who, what what religious 
Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons are allowed to have multiple or believe in polygamy. It's one I of think those. it's Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, I so, think. I, I, I have watched a show. I like Bill Paxton, but I've I never watched it. But I know he's his son in that in that show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he uh, never gets in the Christmas spirit because his grandpa always gets, oh excuse me always gets weird about it and uh, locks down the house and has a safety bunker during Christmas that looks like as a wall they can just push over. Yeah, you can just open the fucking door. It's a cardboard vault. <laughs> it looks like and it looks like it. It sure. looks like a cardboard vault door. Uh, the grandpa is played by Robert Culp, who's in tons of TV shows. Uh, I Spy, Greatest American Hero, and he was also in the Half-Life video game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, Nicholas, along with his friend Mary Mac McKenzie, played by Emily DeRaven, who, like we said, was in the remake of Hills Has Eyes and uh, Remember Me. She was also in uh, Once Upon a Time as Belle. Right. The show. Yep. Uh, they find out that an angel had had a bet with Santa, Satan's only son. Uh, and they, uh, what is the name of that damn game they were playing? Uh, oh, um, curling. They were yeah, curling. curling. Yeah. And he had a, uh, the angel came down to stop the evil Santa from destroying and killing. And he put a bet that if he could beat him in curling. <laughs> That Santa would have to spread Christmas cheer for like a thousand years. Yeah. And lo and behold, the angel wins. But now a thousand years have passed and Santa's back with a vengeance going on a random killing spree in this town for some reason. Yeah, no no reason. No real reason. And uh, Nicholas and his friend Mary go on... Uh, finding out that all their friends and their boss and everyone is being killed by Santa and have to find a way to defeat him. But but Santa, okay, all the people, they, they live in a small town, first of all, called Hell. Hell. Hell yeah. Township. Or Hill Township, but they put Hell Township. Hell, uh, yeah. 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 Um, is, is he actually focused on killing the people related to him? Or it just happens that, that he just they, happens to be killing he, everybody. Like, I feel like that was like, they're like, okay, why are we doing this? And it's like, okay, I got an idea. Yeah. The grandpa was the angel. Yes, yes. Uh, the, first of all, whenever you, when you mentioned the flashback of them curling, it's, it's pretty interesting because they do the... Um, the claymation. Uh, yeah, but what, what are those... Uh, there's a... Who, who did those? Um, fuck. I'm trying to think of... Uh, Rankin Bass. Rankin oh yeah, Bass. the classic. Christmas uh, yes, movies. yes. So trying to think of of the names. Um, Rankin Bass, claymation, like you know the Rudolph movies, Santa movies, or anything. They do it in that style, but like way shittier. <laughs> and this movie came out in 2005, and those movies came out in like what the 70s. Yeah. Uh like you, you, none of your budget went to that. You just made the shittiest looking claymation. <laughs> I mean, it, it gets it gets the point across. But I remember, like in an episode that 70s show, they ripped off. Well, it didn't rip off, but reference uh, the Rankin Bass uh, uh, claymation. And it looked way better. And that's on a fucking TV show. And in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they did also look yep. way better. Yep, this is a did. movie. Movie, 2005. It looks like shit. It looks yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, we also have celebrity appearances by Fran Dresser and Chris Kattan. And James Caan. Yeah, and James Caan for and- like... 
12 minutes. And Rebecca Gayhart. Uh, Not who, even 12 minutes for Chris uh, Kattan. Which, hold on, let me, let me rewind before we, before we talk about this beginning scene. Because David Steinman uh, was the director-writer. He was an assistant. Uh, Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner uh, doesn't have a career anymore, rightfully so. Brett Ratner was a director. Um, he directed Money Talks and the Rush Hour films and uh, Red Dragon um, and <laughs> X-Men 3, The Last Stand, the, the, probably one of the worst X-Men movies. Um, he got canceled, thankfully, because he had a shitload of sexual assault and sexual harassment allegations that ganged up on the shitload. Um, and, and he has been, even before that all happened, he just looks like a disgusting kind of guy and stuff. People called him the rat. If you look at Brett Ratner, he looks like somebody that would get a shitload of sexual allegations. Okay. (laughs) Sexual harassment stuff and sexual assault charges and stuff. Uh, but he got canceled. Thankfully, David Steinman is an assistant of his, um, Brett Ratner also produced this film. Uh, in, in that opening scene, you're talking about, uh, with James Conferring, dresser, Chris Kattan, Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart was married to Brett Ratner at the time. Um, also, why all these actors? And there's also twins. I, I think. I think at the time that yeah, two twins. I don't know. They, they, they were are. something at that time. I, I don't know. Um, they, they, Santa fodder is they, what they were in this. Yeah, they, 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 they weren't like. I mean, this is before like Instagram influencers, of course, or like whatever the fuck. But they were like something along those lines for that time. Like, yeah, they were, yeah. They, they had like a show or a blog or like something like that. Um, but. All of them are Jewish. And that brings me to the new, next point. Most of the people in this movie are Jewish. Um, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, if you couldn't tell by the last name, like, a whole name like David Steinman uh, is a very Jewish name. Uh, Bill Goldberg stars the bear Jew himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, is Bill Goldberg Jewish? Oh, yeah. Oh, I had no He's idea. Very Jewish. He, he refuses to wrestle in Yom Kippur. Really? How Always. About that? He, he's he's an observant Jew. Um, he's like I even though like the whole religious thing isn't uh, I, I don't do it at a whole like religious level. Don't fully believe in it. He refused to even all the way back to high school. Uh, refused to wrestle or do his football practice on any Jewish holidays. That's fair. Um, I get that. And he's like even though I don't believe in the religion or anything like that. Whenever me and my wife get married. At the time he said this, or sometime before he was married to his wife, which we'll get to in a second also, um, he said that, that we'll be standing side by side and I'll be breaking the glass. It's like, we're going to have a Jewish wedding. And he, so he, he is observant Jew. Um, Saul Rubinick is in this. He plays Mr. Green, their boss. He's Jewish. Uh, I mean, a lot of, lot of Jewish actors in this. Um, so it's, it's a bunch of uh, – it's, it's, it's Jews making a Christmas movie. <laughs> You know, and you can tell because it's not a very good Christmas movie. <laughs> and it's poking fun at the holiday and the mythology for sure. Um, it's actually kind of funny because. Go uh, for it. <laughs> I don't I, care. I know. I, it's actually kind of funny because um, what's interesting about this uh, a horse has been beaten to fucking death in the past seven years, eight years, is Krampus. This oh. is kind of a Krampus film before Krampus became popular. Kind of, yeah, because Santa takes the place of, well, not really, but... Well, I mean, it's, he's, he's Krampus-esque in this, in this movie. and it's, I mean, the Krampus story is, is hundreds of years old, right? I mean, yeah, It's yeah. a long-running, like, folktale. Um, but, like, Krampus in, like, popular culture hasn't become a thing until, like, the mid-2010s. 
whether you start putting out all these Krampus movies, now everybody thinks it's like edgy and different to be like, oh, fucking Krampus is like dark Santa Claus. I'm so unique. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of Krampus shit. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, but anyways, except for the movie Krampus, which I think both of us watch every year. Yeah, I mean, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, by Michael Doherty, which is way better than this. But yeah, Santa Claus in this movie is very much a uh, Krampus type character yes yeah. he is yeah. like an evil version of santa but he is santa in this um so uh uh but continue with the uh, beginning scene we'll go back to that well you have this family sitting down at a table for a christmas dinner and fran drescher is the wife of james con i believe in that one mm-hmm. Yet she's flirting with the other married guy who's played by Chris Catan. Who's married to Rebecca Gayhart. Who's married to Rebecca Gayhart. Mm-hmm. And they keep making comments about how people are unfaithful. And Chris Catan starts feeling up Fran Drescher. And it's weird. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, here comes Bill Goldberg busting through the chimney. Wait, which real quick, we we didn't even mention for people that don't know who Bill Goldberg is. Oh, the uh, <laughs> more most famous in his uh, time in WCW World Championship Wrestling because he was the champion for yeah. I mean, he, he had like an undefeated streak and because he throw a tantrum if they tried to write him as not the champion. Yeah, pretty much. And he's a stiff hitter, from what I hear. Yeah, not not the most favored person. No. Uh, in wrestling, but um, and just he ended up going to name. WWE, yeah. and he re- still wrestles currently to this day Part-time. every now and then. Yeah, yeah, he's got a match coming up, I think. Nice. So. Yeah, he he was he was retired from it for for a long time though, and then yeah, he had like a back. bad car show. <laughs> yeah, a car show, and uh, he's a football player for a long time. I mean, uh, yeah, Bill Goldberg. He was, I, I mean, I like Goldberg. Um, for the most part, he had some good matches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a wrestler. It just went by his last name. Uh, but I, I don't know if this is his first starring role or first acting role. I I don't, I mean, I mean, wrestling is is acting, but I mean, I don't think it is, but I I might be wrong. I know that he was in like, uh, after this, well, no, I think he came out like the same year. He was in the longest yard. Yeah. And expendables too. Yeah. Expendables too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, continue. Yes, he he breaks through the chimney. <laughs> and ends up slaughtering everyone in there. And Chris Kattan just kind of gets kicked into a cabinet, and I guess that killed him. <laughs> well, well, Chris Kattan's a very small man. That's true. That's true. He looks very frail. Looks like a Bill Goldberg. Well, listen, Bill Goldberg kicked me into a cabinet. I'd probably die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're right. Because <laughs> Bill Goldberg is like six foot two and like... Very buff. 200-some pounds of pure muscle, like even for being in his 50s now. Like he's a big guy. Yeah, he would kill us. Um, <laughs> we loved your movie. Seriously, <laughs> uh, like the best movie ever. Uh, uh, he continues his bloodthirst by punting the dog. <laughs> he starts with that. Yeah, he starts with punting the dog. It's a little yappy dog, and he kicks into a ceiling fan. Jumps up, stabs two steak knives into James Con's hands. Yeah. Doesn't he decapitate Fran Drescher? He lights her on fire. He lights her on then, fire and then drowns, drowns her, in, her in, Yeah, drowns her in the eggnog batch. He he fucking uh, caves fucking Rebecca Gayhart's skull in. Yeah. She's like, I'm good. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> I was being good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. And uh, I don't know what he does to the twins. He may decapitate one of the twins. But that's the very beginning scene um, of this movie. 
And then from there, um, everything, I mean, that, that's not a great scene either. It's pretty rough to watch. Um, not, not from like, oh my God, this is like so gory. Like, like, yeah, it's not like, oh, this is so gory and like hard to watch because it's like so horrific. It's like this, I, <clears throat> this movie classifies itself as a, as, as a horror comedy. And it's more comedy than horror because with every good horror comedy film, I think we may have talked about and this. And if we remember comedy movies in the 2000s. Oh, yes. So not great. <laughs> Well, the thing about it is, is uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. The, the thing about horror comedy is uh, whenever you make a horror comedy, what's a good horror comedy is whenever the horror and the comedy doesn't sacrifice the other one, right? Whenever it's funny, it's funny, but it never sacrifices whenever it's supposed to be horrific. So if you look at American Werewolf in London or Shaun of the Dead, which are two of the more popular examples, those movies are funny and have their funny parts. But they never sacrifice the horrific parts. Whenever it's scary, it's scary. And never undersells that with comedy. Right? Yeah. Whenever yeah. Shaun of the Dead gets heavy, it stays heavy. They don't try to undercut it or try to make it goofy or whatever. Whenever it gets scary, like the the, the horror and whenever you lose somebody and there are the violence, it, it resonates, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a it, it sticks to the story. Yes. Um, same thing with American Werewolf in London. Like, yeah, there's a lot of jokes and it's a comedy, but... but Whatever, Great movie. Whatever it's scary, it's scary. It never undersells the horror with the humor. This, this movie is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie, this made so much sense once I found it out. This movie, before it was released on DVD, because I thought it was a directed DVD release, because I remember seeing it on like the video store shelves and everything. Yeah, right? yeah. I remember it at Blockbuster. <laughs> uh, like three months before, it got released in December 2005 on DVD. In August 2005, it made its debut on TV, on Spike TV. <laughs> <laughs> and once I found that out, I was like, that makes so much sense. Because this is, like, this basically that, yeah. sums up Spike TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, More testosterone. Testosterone. Like, that was one that, I mean, people, I, Spike TV's still a thing. No. Right, Spike? No, they, they aren't stationed anymore? I don't think so. Oh. No, they're like, they went back to, like, their old name. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think so. For people that don't know, Spike TV was a TV channel that was just testosterone. <laughs> um, fueled everything. It was just about, like, men being men and women and sexism <laughs> and drinking beers and violence. And it was... It, it, was, it did have a thousand ways to die, though, and I enjoyed that. Show. Yeah, but that, that's also, like, testosterone-laced. That's true, because um, you have Ron Perlman <laughs> narrating it. Yeah, well, Ron Perlman's awesome. Yeah. And, and it seems like a very, very nice guy. Um, but his voice is very testosterone-ish, I guess. Yeah. So he's, he's a very manly voice. Calm it down, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ron, what the fuck? Um, so, uh, yes, this made its premiere uh, on Spike TV, which made, made a lot of sense. Um, also, we did mention that Robert Culp, um, who plays Grandpa, uh, was all, this isn't the first Christmas horror movie he was in. No? No, he's in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, when I tune out after 2. <laughs> as rightfully you should. Most people tune out after 1. But we enjoy 2. <laughs> Most people that, that, that love bad horror movies like 2. Uh, but I mentioned earlier about Bill uh, saying that when he got married, he would have a Jewish wedding, right? He met his wife in this movie. He did? Yes. How about that? Uh, Wanda Ferriton. I think she was a stunt double in the film. Um, she only joined the movie because she thought whenever uh, she signed up to do it, it was starring Jeff Goldblum. 
God, if he was Santa. <laughs> oh, um, my God. So she got the name mixed up with Bill Goldberg, and she joined it. But they've been married ever since. So Good for 16 them. years of being married. Um, but, yeah, they met They met on there. Uh, yeah, the movie would be way different <laughs> if Jeff Goldblum played Santa. If Jeff Goldblum <laughs> played Santa in anything, I'd, I'd watch it. Um, uh, uh, also, a little bit of trivia is that this movie – shares its name with a movie within a movie in the film Ernest Saves Christmas. Ah, yeah. <laughs> There's a movie within a movie. A there way better Santa's Christmas Light. movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're an Ernest fan. Oh, hell yeah. Scared Stupid? Scared That's... Stupid. Scared Stupid is the only one I remember from my youth. I, 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 I wasn't a big Ernest guy um, growing up. I didn't watch a lot of Ernest movies. I remember oh, Ernest Scared Stupid. That's the one whenever they used like, milk to fucking... Kill the trolls or something, right? Yeah, and the trolls were actually used for killer clowns in outer space later. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, or maybe it was vice versa. That was one of those. So, this movie, um, oh boy, if there is lower, den- lowest denominator jokes that you can do, this movie's going for it. Yeah. Um, any type of, this is a time in the 2000s, like you, you mentioned whatever comedy of that time when this was still okay to do, which it wasn't okay to do at that time, but they just did it anyways. Now we're, we're more socially conscious at this day and age. Thank goodness. <laughs> Cause we're always evolving. It doesn't feel like it, but sometimes when you look back even like six years, like, okay, we've been evolving. Even though it doesn't feel like it little steps, right? Uh, anytime there is somebody of a certain race or certain, uh, belief, it will make fun of that person being that race or that belief because that is the character. It's just we we just deal in stereotypes. Yep, That's you're all. Jewish. You're a black guy. Yeah, you're a black guy, so you had to be from the hood. Yep. Oh, you're 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 Jewish, so you have to be like. I always forget his name. The the guy. The gas attendant. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Lister. Yeah, Tiny Lister. Who who died a car uh, a couple years ago? Um, was also a wrestler. He got yep. started wrestling. Um, but people know him best as Debo from Friday. Um, and, and just seeing him, I mean, he's very distinct. If you saw tiny Lister, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, him. um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's always just like, Oh no, your whole character is being this person. Like, Oh, you're black. Must be from the hood. Oh, you're Jewish. <laughs> like, Oh, well then you must have like, you must be Hasidic. Even though this is made by Jews. I, at first I wrote down in my notes before I did my background on it that i'm like anti-semitism slash racism question mark well i i think it had mel brooks syndrome and then i put or low-hanging fruit and it's low-hanging fruit but see here's the thing with mel brooks mel brooks makes yeah a lot of jewish jokes everything like that but they work like there's a very i don't know i I don't think it's ever like a low-hanging fruit of i mean the it was comedy for the time because these this was made first of all 30 years before this true but also i never feel like First of all, Mel Brooks is just a better comedian. Oh, yeah. But, the, the, yeah. but also, like, uh, uh, all his jokes are very Jewish. Like, like making Jew jokes. Mel Brooks making Jewish jokes, they feel very Jewish. This Are Jews making Jew jokes they don't feel? <laughs> Listen, for anybody who's like, Rocky's talking Jews, I, I, I'm Jewish. So <laughs> I'm, I, I don't want anybody to be like, these guys are being fucking anti-Semitism by saying Jews so many times. Like... It's just something that that uh, I'm not saying it because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, don't don't say fuck you. No. Um, now with this, even though it's made, a movie made by, made by Jews and it's supposed to be Jewish jokes, they always feel like 
none of the Jew jokes are funny in this. Like, it's no. like, I, well, there was one that kind of got me, and I think it was just because it was so damn stupid. What was it? The Amish joke? Yes, it was the Amish joke. How did you know? Because <laughs> it's the only one that kind of works. Yeah, that one got me. So we, because the, it's, it's said by a not Jewish character. Yeah, also. the the boss that they have in this movie is stabbed through the neck, hanging on a wall by a menorah. Yes. Hardy har har. Yeah. And um, the cops are investigating it. And they don't question the fact that Nicholas just is in the room with the dead body before they even get there. They're just like, yeah, get out of here. I was wondering, did he call the cops? No, he didn't. He heard it on a, a radio that it had happened. So he just showed up and they were like, well, let's not question the only other person in here with him. Yeah. And then they have some acidic uh, Jewish people outside just kind of seeing what's going on. And then the cops are inside. He's like, okay, we need to clean this up and uh, maybe get those Amish folks out of here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like not, now that I say it out loud, it's not funny at all. But <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but there is a joke that works to this um, that I liked from most of the purposes. The jokes, go to what we said were just stereotype jokes or horrible horrible christmas puns yeah yeah if i'll say is that we, yeah um that's what i was gonna say yeah it's it's every like christmas pun you could think of or like turn a phrase that santa does and make it into a terrible pun and most of them happen while they're being chased by the killer <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which makes no like they are the least worried protagonists ever. They're just they making just, jokes yeah, while running yeah. away from him. It is so annoying. That, that's part of what goes back to what I was saying. But when you make a horror comedy, you can't sacrifice the horror. Whenever your your characters are in danger, or in like a lot of danger, whenever they're aware of the situation that they're in, that's treated seriously. It's not them cracking wise the whole time because it undersells any horror in your scene or any tension in your scene, you need to have them aware of their situation and act accordingly to that situation or it's not effective. And they don't do it at all. So this movie is just basically a violent comedy. A really annoying violent comedy. Yes, because it's like, it's a slasher, but it's not like grotesque enough to be... It sure is sexist. (laughs) It is very sexist. Um... At one point, so another great character actor that's in this is Dave Thomas. Uh, Dave Thomas plays a pastor in it. He plays uh, uh, Pastor Timmons. Right. And Dave Thomas is a character actor who's seen a lot of things. Blacklist. Yeah, he was uh, a Canadian actor. Um, Him and uh, Rick Moranis um, had a a comedy duo. They were brothers um, in ECTV. I don't recall that. Oh, this, is a, this is a Canadian show. It's a Canadian sketch comedy show. And then they made a movie called Strange Brew. Oh, uh, that I have. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they're, I can't remember their characters' names, but they're, they're brothers. There's kind of like, you know, lughead kind of uh, guys who just like drinking beer and okay. stuff. And yeah. Whatever. And it's Rick Moran's and Dave Thomas's brothers in it. Um, but he's one of these guys you've probably seen a lot of stuff. He's one of those character actors that pop up a lot. But he's, uh, of course, oh, it's a pastor. We're pastors. There's the other two ways you're going to go. And they they go for this joke also where it's, uh, uh, they do an ultra boy joke, joke in this. Yep. Even though, even though they aren't a Catholic church. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's a, like Baptist a Baptist church. church. I don't think they even have ultra they boys. They don't. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't work. 
But what does work, I mean, it doesn't because it's a stereotype, but it's, oh, he's a pastor, meaning he's greedy and he likes making, stealing the tithe money, which isn't too far from the truth. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> but, um, like, and? <laughs> but he likes taking the tithe money for Christmas and going to the strip club, which we get. Our most culturally sensitive scene by far. Oh, yeah. I mean, just just a scene in any movie. If, if there's any scene that should be, I understand women. It is. It's this scene. <laughs> uh, do you want to explain what it is? Oh boy. So, Santa ends up at a strip club where the pastor is. Yes, randomly. Randomly, just shows there. up. That no reason. He just no shows reason. Up. Just starts slaughtering people. <laughs> yes, and also we didn't mention that uh, he doesn't have reindeer. He has a buffalo. It's like a buffalo, but they call it a reindeer at one yeah, point. Yeah, like know. that's not a reindeer. Or a flying reindeer, and it's like that's not. Oh yeah, it's also insensitive to Native Americans too. <laughs> yes, Jesus yes. Christ, yes. this movie. <laughs> it's insensitive to anything they can get their hands on. But anyways, continue. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more to explain other than him busting through the door and going, ho, ho, ho's, and then slaughtering people. Yes. And the pastor gets out of it easily enough. He uh, he goes on there. He says a bunch of sexist shit um, about strippers. Yep. um, And and he kills people with the stripper pole. And um, he mouth kisses a stripper. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Aggressively. Um, and he's like, oh, no, it's fine. Mistletoe. It's a mistletoe. Ha, 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 ha. Um, and there's other lower denominator jokes. Listen, for all, I mean, really, everything considered, I think Bill Goldberg is trying to do the best he can. He, yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> holding this against Goldberg at all, because honestly, he's not the worst actor in this movie. No, he's, he's you know, we need a big guy to play. Santa, and we just want you to say a bunch of one-liners. And he's not like, you know, he's not somebody legendary that can do one-liners like, let's say, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, he, he can't can just, like, just shoot him off the cuff and sell a one-liner. Like, he's trying his best. Um, But some of the stuff that he had to say in this movie is just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, honestly, Nicholas Yulson, the protagonist, is the worst character in this movie he yes. is so annoying yes you are so tired of seeing him in this yeah I, I mean some some of the jokes i wrote down uh i think they may use this more than once uh yuletide fear yep uh, yep they uh he says that twice i believe i'm here to spread some yuletide fear uh christmas can scare the dickens out of people when he's reading a Charles Dickens book, when he's running from him in the library. Yes. Uh, um, there's one that's not a Christmas one, but I thought it was real eye roll. Near the beginning, whenever Santa just randomly shows up, there's an old lady driving. And then he's slowly driving behind her in the sleigh. And he says, move, bitch, get out the way. Is that, Was that intended to be from the song? Yes, it had to be. Because it's Are 2005. You- it's like two years after... A couple years after Who Pitched Out of the Way came out. Like, people were doing ludicrous references left and right. They that is ludicrous. Um, 
But do you remember any other ones? Those are the couple I wrote down. You remember any? I remember Ho Ho Ho's, of course, who said that <laughs> when he's about to run them over with the Zamboni, and they start flicking a flashlight on and off in front of his eyes, and he goes, "I'm Santa, not fucking Dracula," <laughs> and it's like, what? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 is there any other Christmas specific ones you remember? Because oh, this one's got a lot of them. I can't remember any. There's so many. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, it was hard to not zone out sometimes. What I can remember is that um, whenever Grandpa, who turns out to be an angel, the angel from the story, yeah, after he shows him the Santa Clausicon book or whatever it's called, I forget what it's called. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, it's a uh, old um, Norwegian or Swedish. Uh, uh, yeah, Norse. Yeah, because he Norse. goes, "You're not speaking your Norse." Yeah, it's yeah. a Nordic book. Um, book. And actually, that's why I'm happy you bring that up because when he pulls it out. Uh, uh, Nicholas says, "Oh, what is that?" He's supposed to say, "Oh, what is that?" A Necronomicon, but he pronounces it wrong. <laughs> did you notice that? Yes, he did pronounce it wrong. <laughs> he says Necronomicon. Yep. <laughs> they didn't want to retake that. Like, that's not how you say Necronomicon. Uh, you have somebody in your movie named James Kahn, not James Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say Necronomicon. You say ne- Necronomicon. <laughs> I, fucking is, idiots. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, and then the grand... God, should we do, like, a quick rundown? I mean, I know I gave a broad spectrum, but there are some, like... Should we organize some scenes here? <laughs> uh, we, we, we can. Um, I want to say that... There's nothing but bad Christmas songs in this, or yep. bad renditions of Christmas songs. They're all terrible. Mid two thousand five directed DVD, yeah, uh, music like it's what you expect in any of these like bad like National Lampoon directed DVD movies or anything like that. It's just oh my god, it's so of the time it came out. It really is, <laughs> and it ages horribly. There's also a part I want to say that that uh, well, we may get to it. Um, it didn't age horribly. It started off horribly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't think it was good at the time. Actually, I, I don't think it got terrible reviews at the time. I think people were like, kind of took it for what it was. Well, I mean, if your audience is the general audience of Spike TV, I imagine they're, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I get laid all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what a- Mom, shut up! I'm trying to watch Santa slay. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Mom! I'm trying to get laid. Um, <laughs> uh, what uh, what scenes were you think of in, in particular? Um, well, just kind of like, okay, so people start getting murdered. Nobody knows what's happening, but the grandpa seems to know. And then Nicholas Yulson. And also, he doesn't have a listed name. His name's just Grandpa. Yeah, just Grandpa. So, which is really annoying. Not Grandpa Yulson. Not even Grandpa Yulson, just, just grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. And um, so he's like, "Why? What, what is all this business about being so worried on Christmas and why don't we ever, you know, I want to know what's the truth. Why are you so weird about Christmas? And then he pulls out the fucking Santa Namacan, I'll call it. But, and uh, Santa Namacan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he tells him the story and they do that horrible claymated scene we talked about earlier. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know that his grandpa's a fucking angel yet. No. And after he finds this out, there's not even like questioning. He's just like, oh, shit. That's what's going down. And yeah, it's right. like, 
you didn't even think, oh, grandpa, that's silly. And then like end up seeing somebody get murdered by Santa. He's just like gung ho, like, oh yeah, uh, I guess it's Santa. <laughs> like, it is so annoying to me. So, and really, like, there's no, <laughs> there's no real structure other than them just like back and forth finding him then him chasing them and then it stopping and then him kill, killing random people yes like that's just kind of it yeah um and then eventually all that like, oh and also the fact that she <laughs> he's trying to help her through a window when they're trying to get into the school <sighs> and for some reason, she's like slipping in back first. Yeah, right. Like legs first into the window. And it's like, help me in. And he's like, oh. And instead of being like, let me push you by the shoulders or something like that. She's like, do I always have to make the first move? See, I didn't know they were relationship. They didn't have a relationship at all. Like, like they say earlier, they're getting a little tiffy earlier in the film. When she's like, when do you feel like having a more mature relationship, let me know. I'm like, I thought they were just friends. Yeah, they, were they just, like, act like friendship. friends the entire time. I'm like, they're in a the relationship? I'm like, okay. Um, also, if you're, when you're, this is one scene I want to bring up. When you talk about jokes at work, there was one joke that I actually laughed at um, legitimately. And uh, it's whatever you say is running around killing people that remind me of this. Because it is just random. I don't even know why he came to this town to do it. Other than the I fact they, just... they shoehorn in that the grandpa's the angel and he knows yeah, and but he's you just happen to like stumble upon his... that. Like, yeah, it, it feels like he's just like, oh shit, it's you. Like... There's this random family that he terrorizes, though. And uh, it's like Christmas morning, and it's a mom and her twin boys, and the grandparents are all like in the living room. And the kids are like, hey, mom, can we open our fucking presents? Which they actually say. And the grandma like, is like, oh, fuck. can't believe they're using this language. Right, just that like that look. Uh huh. And mom's like, okay, yeah, you can. And they open, they open the presents, and their head just get blown off. Oh yeah, I forgot just blown, about that. literally just heads off. off their fucking necks. And it shows a grandma. She's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that, that was good. That, that one's pretty good. That's that pretty good. Joke works pretty well. Um, but yes, uh, but continue. They they get cornered at the high school because. Santa Santa tracks him down at Grandpa's house, kills Grandpa and oh, trying to God. escape. He has his buffalo run him over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the Grandpa's like, yeah, it looks like you gained some weight since the last time. It's like, that's Goldberg, you idiot. Like He's not like, fat at all. Like, there's one part where he takes, like, first of all, you can't tell early in the film because he has, like, the whole Santa garb on. But he doesn't look fat. He just looks bulky. He looks buff. And like, then he takes he takes the coat off later. And his arms are massive because it's Goldberg. He's a big fucking guy. But it looks like they put maybe a little paunch on him. But it just looks like like whenever you see guys that, that you know. Forgot to exercise for a month. Well, it's not even that. It's like Bill Goldberg, like if you see him with a shirt off, he, he's like ripped. Like he's he has a six pack and stuff. But if you look at like world champion bodybuilders, like they're built like kegs. Yeah. Because all they do is just lift and eat and that's all they do. They aren't looking to like cut up. Right. right he right. just looks like that. Like he's like a champion. Like he looks it looks like all muscle. <laughs> he doesn't look fat at all. He's like, oh Mrs. Claus has been feeding me cookies or what the fuck he says. Yeah, some stupid like that. Yeah. Mrs. Claus is a great cook or something <clears throat> yeah. like that. It's just like he doesn't look that fat. No, not at all. And then 
immediately the grandpa is trampled by his buffalo. <laughs> yes. And he goes, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. That's another one. Yeah, that's another Christmas joke he yeah. says. Yep, that's right. There's one. Yep. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Good oh, stuff. One of the worst Christmas songs of all time. It really fucking is. Oh, now I have it stuck in my head. Of course you do. God damn it. I hate that fucking song. Uh. Um, but they get cornered at the high school. Um, he's chasing him around. The, the the climax of this movie, the main action sequence at the end, takes place with San on a Zamboni. Yep. Um, is, is that what they're called, Zambonis? Yeah, the yeah. Zamboni, the thing um, that flattens the ice. Yes, on 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 a hockey uh, rink. A hockey rink, um, skating rink. In and, the school. Uh, in the school. And just chasing him around. And then Grandpa shows back up. You know why? Because he's a fucking angel. <laughs> Yep, and he he's, he is now an angel, um, because he gave up his mortality a thousand years ago to marry the woman of his dreams, who is Nicholas's grandma, who never is talked about. <laughs> but Grandpa, like all the stuff between him and Santa happened a thousand years beforehand, right? So. Did he Hold come on. back? Did he come back to? <laughs> did he come back to Earth? I didn't even think about as that. an old person, and, yeah. and fall in love, or did he marry? Because he can't, he couldn't marry his Nicholas's grandma because a thousand be years a thousand before, years old. yeah, and she died. So, so unless Nicholas is like an immortal, I mean, he is because he's an angel. Oh, I mean, oh, Nicholas is sorry. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, not grandpa. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, man, I didn't even think about that. That is so fucking stupid. Um, but I think it, it kind of just ends. This movie doesn't even wrap up well. Uh, uh, fucking Santa's getting chased around, chases him around or whatever. And then, um, they, they escape the gym and Santa's still chasing him with the buffalo, with this, mm-hmm. with the sleigh, with the buffalo. In and comes then they just randomly come across uh, uh, her Mary's, brother, Mary's family. Yeah, her brother and her dad turns out is also out there eventually, which we'll get to. Um, who are with a hunting party? They're just out there hunting on Christmas because that's what you do on Christmas. You just go. I mean, I don't know. I've never been hunting in my fucking life. I never will. Nope. But um, uh, I I, I guess that I wouldn't be surprised if people do do that or like rednecks do that or like whatever you know. But. Um, they're out there hunting and there's a, like you mentioned earlier, a stereotypical native American character with a voice box with a voice box from smoking. Um, and so they're trying to talk about the flying reindeer and there's like, Oh, from native American folklore. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So they try to shoot Santa out of the air, all these hunters, cause they see him flying towards them. And uh, then all of a sudden a rocket gets shot at him. It blows up the Buffalo. And it's her fucking dad. The line is, Daddy, where did you get a bazooka? And they sold the Indian. It was a, it was Indian. I'm sorry. I should say that. He sold, uh, you find out that a Native American got it for him as a gift. And he sold his lung. One of his lungs? One of his kidneys. I don't know. A lung? I think he says, I thought he says lung. It's something like that. Uh, for to get it for him, he's like, yeah, your voice box also. Ha 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 ha. But see, here's the thing about this movie, 
is it's like kind of pro right wing also because earlier in the movie, Nicholas makes fun of her family for being like crazy gun nuts, gun toting like white trash rednecks or whatever the fuck. And then later on, they save the day and it's like, oh, it's completely fine. You should buy illegal firearms and <laughs> and and pro How guns else are you gonna stop Santa? Stuff. Yeah. Unless you have a rocket launcher. Or 30 launcher. feral hogs. And all, all the AR-15s you can yeah. shoot a school up with, right? Right. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, and then uh, uh, the pastor's dead. The Santa was just riding around with the pastor. He knocked him out and was just like driving around with him. Yeah, no but reason. I, I guess he frames the pastor for the murder. So it was like, oh, we caught him. It was just the pastor along because he dresses him up like Santa and like impels him on a flagpole. But you don't see it. Yeah, so you just see the body afterwards. He's never technically stopped. No, and then the next, the last scene in the movie is just Santa getting on an airplane. Yeah, to go terrorize somewhere else. Somewhere else. That the, Santa sleigh. The Nicholas and Mary kiss. This movie sucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about where it gets stopped. Oh my god. <laughs> You, if you re- if you really want to ruin the season for yourself, throw that on. You know there there's a uh, did you know did you watch the after credit sequence? I dude, it wasn't. I did you watch it on Peacock? Uh no, I I rented it on Amazon for three. See, months. I was on Peacock. And no, no, watched. I did watch on I did watch on Peacock because it was free. I, I fast forwarded through the credits and there was no credit scene. It there, just ended on the DVD. There's a post credit scene where Goldberg stares at the camera. Or Sand does. It says, who's next? Which is Goldberg's. Goldberg's catchphrase. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just in case you know, Bill Goldberg is in it. Bill Goldberg is in it. Um, yeah, this movie, why we spoil so much of it is because uh, we don't quite recommend it. You can watch it for free, though. On, on Peacock. Peacock. If you want to just get some friends together. Like, if you... <clears throat> I don't know if it changes, because I think we just watch this. If you our- want to make everyone groan... Yeah. Put this on. That'll be fun. We watch it by ourselves in our, you know, we didn't watch it together. And I, yeah, which is even worse, really. We should have watched it together. Yeah. Maybe it would have been it more probably enjoyable. We could have made more fun of it. But um, we watch it by ourselves in our respective homes and stuff. So I don't know if it changes that if you watch it with a group and you're just like, this is terrible. Like terrible isn't funny. I don't know. But, yeah, but when you watch friends. it by yourself, you're just like, I want to die. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's just me taking down angry notes. Um, and I was trying to get over this cold still. So it was just like, fuck, fuck. Um, yeah, not good. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that brings us to our next segment. <laughs> Another curation of Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game Curiosities. So, what game do you have for us this week? I accidentally forgot to flip the page in my notes. Oh, <laughs> never mind. So, I actually uh, bought two Christmas games. One I'm going to talk more about, but I'm just going to quickly go over the other one really quick, because it is fucking boring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it is called Santa Claus... C L A W S, correct. Uh, there's there's a really bad Christmas horror movie with that same name. Yeah. Well, so you st- you're a little boy and you see a note on the door that says your parents are at a Christmas party. Don't eat Santa's cookies. 
You can go around the house eating all these candy canes and you're like, well, maybe this will come in handy. Nope. Doesn't do anything. You just eat candy canes. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, And then you can turn off the lights in the house and go to bed. And that's the end of the first sequence. (laughs) Then you wake up and you're like, you did it. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's it. Like, there's no like buildup or anything like that. Or you can eat Santa's cookies and you're transported to a parallel dimension of weird roads. And this 2D doom looking Santa starts chasing you and you hear jingle bells. And you can easily escape him. He can Uh be like running straight into you and you just move slightly to the left and run right past him. (laughs) And you follow the North Star to a Christmas tree and you win. And that's it. And I was like, this is on top rated reviews. How did that happen? That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's only on Steam, so don't play it. But the one after that that I ended up finding was a fun kind of different game called Frosty Nights. Uh, it was developed by uh, Barry McCabe, who uh, did Boogeyman 1 and 2 and Tower of Fate, and is published by Clockwork Wolf, which I believe is just the publishing company he goes under. And uh, it's like a hybrid point-and-click game, in a way, kind of like a Grim Fandango almost. Right, yeah. Except you, you actually move around and you pick things up, but the it, it starts off, you can pick a little boy or a girl, mm-hmm. and you hear in your room that your mother's telling you to go to sleep and don't listen to your scary story tapes because you keep having nightmares. She's like, stop watching the, the those Goldberg wrestling matches. Or you're going to have nightmares. Or Santa's going to come here. <laughs> and he's going to spear you yeah. and give you a jackhammer. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be like, who's next? But uh, so you... Uh, find out uh, through a note that the little kid has been hiding the tapes around his room. So you start collecting the tapes and playing them. And it's telling of a story uh, of Santa's beginnings and how he, you know, worked with Mother Nature in the North Pole to make it magical. And he put his hands in the snow and the first snowman came around and was very friendly. But as toy companies grew and... Uh, you know, children got greedier. Mother Nature uh, was going against like these big companies tearing down forests and stuff like that to make toys. And I guess, <laughs> and um, she starts turning the snowmen and stuff evil. And that was just kind of like a prequel to the rest of the tapes, which is a story about a young boy named John, who believes his dad had made him a snowman outside, which you have outside of your window. Okay. And it starts moving and the hat disappears and, you know, you just go through and collect the tapes. And finally, when you finish the tapes, you notice the snowman's gone. And the rest of the night is these kind of different, crazy, like, kind of scary looking Christmas creatures and snowman trying to break into your window. And you have to go around the room and find ways to tape it closed to make sure they don't break and eat you. (laughs) So it's kind of like uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, it's a little more interactive than that, mm. and uh, also, far as I know, the uh, creator isn't as racist as the guy who made Five Nights at Freddy's, which oh, is good. Yeah, uh, that was some new knowledge I came across. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, so don't buy that game. No. <laughs> um. So yeah, it uh, it is uh. 
the graphics are really good, especially for just being the one developer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a little glitchy, but that that's something you can expect. It's four bucks. Uh, you can play it on VR as well, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it is also on, uh, I believe, Switch. Okay. Also cool. has it. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, it's a fun little game. Gets you kind of into the spirit and, you know, has a very Krampus-like vibe to it. Right. Like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um it's definitely one I would recommend checking out just for, you know, it's not long. It's pretty fun. And, you know, like I said, if you want to make it scarier, do it in VR. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. That's that. All right. That's a short one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're all kind of... I'm Heads up for the future of the video game podcast in December. Um, or video game segments of the podcast in December. Um most christmas horror games are not long yeah right so i won't have a ton of stuff to go into about it so uh i have a couple more planned out so we'll get to those don't you worry frosty nights blaze says check it out what about that other one no don't play santa claus because you have to buy it you have to buy that and it's not worth it is All it right. 99 cents? Yes. Is it a dollar well spent? I could have got a soda from the machine, and I regret <laughs> it. I wanted that soda. All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment, Mythology Biology. All right. So what's the story? Well, today we have... Another Krampus-like character, because most of the ones around this season are similar in that way. And her name is Grilla. It's a her. Grilla. Grilla. Yes. (laughs) G-R-Y-L-A. I had to look down. I forgot. Uh, She is an ogress in the woods of Iceland. She kidnaps and cooks children alive in a stew. Uh, She hungers for naughty children very similar to Krampus, as I said. And she is sometimes referred to as the Icelandic boogeyman. Okay. Yeah. So she's very tall, and uh, they actually celebrate uh, her a lot during the Christmas season in those areas. And um, We celebrate this, this child murderer. Right. Kids are annoying. <laughs> but um, Most parents are just like, please, please kill my kid. Um. And uh, very warty, very ogreous. And um, she has 13 sons. And the sons are known as the Yule Lads. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they go around and play pranks and kind of do their own thing. But sometimes they'll accompany her uh, or harrow her coming. So they'll go around and start stealing food out of cabinets or they'll start uh, hiding children's presents and stuff like that. And when the children go to look for them, uh, there will be Grilla there to uh kidnap and cook them so um what is this oh yes and she also has a giant yule cat okay just yule everything yeah yule everything and uh the cat however is uh not as friendly because he doesn't eat just naughty people and not just kids so he'll eat anyone unless and this apparently goes for all of them. Uh-huh. Unless you have been gifted new clothes for the holiday, okay. it will eat you. Oh, 
That's very specific. Yeah, it's very specific. So buy clothes for your friends. That's why that's why you get socks. Yeah, that's why they're protecting you. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Protection. Uh, she is married uh, to her third husband, which for some reason they don't really have names of the other husbands. They just go, her third husband. That's very specific also. Uh, She's divorcee. Lipa Louie. Lipa Louie. Lipa Louie. Yes. Uh, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please let me know. And the fun fact, he lives in the Demu Borgir lava pits. Oh. So if you're wondering where that name came from, it is a Icelandic lava pit yeah if, if you and like i the believe band. demi Borgir translates to dark fortress i can't remember okay. which is another great band yeah <laughs> but um yeah so frequently on the holiday season you'll see grilla and lepaloi uh walking around in the christmas parades and everything like that and they even on the city halls have videos of her kidnapping kids wow yeah like it's a really big deal there huh so but yeah she she's an interesting character. Yeah, I never uh, heard of her before. Yeah, because it's almost like a Baba Yaga meets Krampus. Yeah, I can see that kind of thing. And she lives in, uh, and also like a Hansel and Gretel thing, because she lives in what's called the Christmas House, mm. and it's like a giant gingerbread house with candies and stuff like that. Except she doesn't wait for them kids to come to her. Yeah, she goes and gets. Them. Yeah, she's a divorcee. Twice, but yes. she is married, but lives separately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's very hard to get along with. Yeah. Well, I could imagine boiling children being a very annoying sound. Just like again? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, kids, uh, are already, kids are already annoying enough to listen to. Just think of them screaming while they're getting boiling. But yeah, I, I actually was about to do it on the Yule Lads, and that's how I found out about her. Because I was like, wow, these Yule Lads are kind of boring. And then I'm like, oh, wait, they have a mother. So I don't know if... Th- if it, he might Lepalui might be a a stepfather to the Yulats. I don't know if he's a biological father of the Yulats. Which is stepdad. I yeah, uh, he could be. Yeah, he, he just sounds like the a beaten down like. Well, he eats yes, them too. Yes, Grilla, whatever, whatever you want, dear. Like, yeah, we can have kids again. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, can we just order in one of these days? <laughs> I'm really tired of child stew. Listen, you once ass. a year. <laughs> Listen, you lads, I know, I know I'm not your dad. I may just be, oh, stiff, mister. Left Louie. <laughs> Louie. And I know, but listen, I'm here for you guys. <laughs> he has the whole stepdad talk with him and everything. Hey, their real dads weren't even at their baseball games, but you know who was? Lepa Louie. Lepa Louie. Yeah, he was there. He was there cheering them on and eating the other team. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all that matters. All right. Well, cool. Well, that is another episode of Bladed Apples. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for, uh, if this is your first time, welcome. If this is a return visit, then we hope you enjoyed this as much as the previous episodes you listened to. Um, It means a lot to us for anybody that does listen. And if you want to uh, correspond with us, you can. We, we, We love hearing recommendations or requests or anything else, you know questions comments concerns you can reach us at bladed apples podcast or just bladed apples pod at gmail.com you can reach us at the instagram page bladed apples podcast or the facebook um, or on our private accounts we have links on on the instagram uh to, to ask us your comment send us a direct message whatever we'll see it um we want to thank Stephen mize Stephen mize for doing the um 
artwork from Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor in Ocala, Florida. Give him a follow. He's a great guy. Blaze for doing the uh, all the editing and everything. Um, doing all the tech stuff because I can't do it and being a great co-host. So... If you were in a movie, your name would be Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> it I would be. I feel like it. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Next week we'll have another Christmas movie or holiday time movie to talk about. Probably something better than Santa Slay. Most likely. Uh, we haven't decided which one yet, but it, it will be um, all Christmas. We're all holiday season. We'll be talking about holiday films. We're humbugging it up. Yes, yes. So um, next time, we'll talk about something. <laughs> I don't know what. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, anything else to add? No, nope, that's it. All right, well, until next time, guys, remember that every day is Halloween, even during Christmas. Gets us every Halloween. So please, act accordingly. See you later. Bye.